Welcome to New Piney Grove Baptist Church, where one of our core values is Christian education. Let's tune in to this week's message. There can be a lot said about this title, and I want you to focus on one word that will bring forth other words later on. That word is faithful. See, because there were other high priests. The function of the high priest is to serve God's people through the ministry of intercession. Intercession implies standing in the gap. When we look at communion today, we'll have an example of what Jesus did when we bring out the veil because we couldn't get to God. And even now, believe it or not, you can't get to God. But there's somebody standing in the gap. That's why we pray in Jesus' name. You see, in a sense, God's angelic host serves in this capacity. However, when sin entered into the bloodstream of humanity through the first man, Adam, things changed. All things changed. Even the angels who are of a created order were affected by sin. See, Scripture revealed that in Jude 1.6 that some angels left their first estate, meaning that many of them did not fulfill their God-ordained responsibility. It is believed that in the angels' intercessory ministry coming down to earth, they saw women of man, and they desired to have them. They saw the relationship between a man and a woman, and they wanted to be a part of that. So they forgot, not in mind, but in responsibility, what God had called them to do. But also, God established a human priesthood to his people. But like the angels, the human priesthood fail in their responsibility. So because of God's great love for us, somebody say amen. He took matters into his own hand. And this process of God taking matters in his own hand to perform the priesthood duties is known as the incarnation. And the purpose and effect of the incarnation is explained in depth in the biblical account of the book of Hebrews. The writer wrote to reader who was born and raised under the Mosaic law or the law of Moses. Their lives had been centered around a to-do list of strict religious moral, civil, and ceremonial obligation of a temple-based culture. And see, sometimes we get in trouble when we base things on to-do lists. I, 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 I got to do this, you know, and, 
And don't get me wrong, a lot of this stuff is not wrong, but it's the attitude that you have about it. I, 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 I can't give a testimony unless I say glory to God first. See, it's, it's, it's a, it's a to-do list. Uh, I, I, I can't even eat a piece of bread unless I say grace first. That somebody taught me a long time ago, even though it don't mean nothing in my heart. It's a to-do list. We, we got to have communion on the first Sunday and we don't have it on the first Sunday. It's not right because it's a to-do list. That's what they were raised up with to, to make sure they did the right thing. When, whenever something happened, what does a to-do list say? But then many of these Jews heard the gospel message. It was a message that conflicted with their ritual practice of the law of Moses. Consequently, those who began to embrace the gospel message began to experience severe opposition by a defiant temple authority. This emotionally oppression caused many of these new believers to become discouraged. The book of Hebrew was written to encourage those disheartened Christians to spiritual logic. The writer used illustration that a Jewish audience could understand because they are familiar with it. Let me give you a breakdown because my focus is going to be probably from chapter 2 to chapter 10. Don't worry, I'm not going to do all of it, but I'm going to do a lot of it. In chapter 1, the writer explained that the law of Moses was given by God through angels, then to Moses, and then to the people. But the gospel was spoken directly by the Lord Jesus Christ. This made Jesus superior to the angel because he was the son of God. In chapter 2, the writer didn't tell them that Jesus was superior to the angels, also as the son of man. Now this term, son of man, means the incarnation. Now, if you will join me in Hebrews chapter 2, I want to start with verse 8. New English, the English Standard Version, rather, pins it this way, again, starting at verse 5 in Hebrews chapter 2. For it was not to angels that God subjected the world to come, of which he was, we are speaking. It was, has been testified somewhere, what is man that you are mindful of? Or the son of man that you care for him? You made him a little lower than the angels. You have crowned him with glory and honor, putting everything in subjection under his feet. Everything. Now, putting everything in subjection to him, he left nothing outside of his control. At present, we do not see anything in subjection to him. Let me see if I can break this down. In, in, in God's original creation plan, God made man 
He gave him position a little lower than the angel. I believe that in the behind the spiritual scene, God is going to try to prove something to Satan that I can create something below you that will serve me and not rebel like you did. But man is limited than angels. He's limited in knowledge, he's limited in mobility, and he's limited in power. In addition, humanity will eventually die because of sin. Yet, in God's purpose, man was destined to be crowned with glory and honor. So why don't we see that now? Since it was God's original intent for humanity to be over everything, everything was supposed to be subject to him. This includes the world, the animals, and every part of the universe. All was to put under his control. But humanity lost that dominion because of sin. It was Adam's sin that brought a curse on creation. Docile or harmless creatures became ferocious. The ground that was producing good fruit now began to produce thorns and thistles. Man control over nature was now challenged and limited. Y'all see all this fuss about global warming and all that stuff? If we did what was right, we wouldn't have to be worrying about save the alligator, save the this and save that. Verse 9 says this. But we see him. Now I want you to think about the him. Who for a little while was made lower than the angels, namely Jesus. Crowned with glory and honor because of the suffering of death, so that by the grace of God, he might taste death for everyone. That's the reason for this. You're going to have to follow with me now. Just, just hold these points. Sin had disturbed God's order. The purpose of Jesus' incarnation was to restore what Adam had lost. But before order could be brought out of chaos, sin had to be dealt with. Now, if God told Adam that when you do this, you're going to surely die, God meant what he said. If God said the wages of sin is death, God meant what he said. So the holy character of God demanded that the requirement of the law had to be fulfilled. But there was nobody eligible on earth to do it. The writer goes on to explain God's righteous justice in verse 14 of chapter 2. Since therefore the children share in flesh and blood, he himself likewise took partook of the same thing. What same thing? Flesh and blood. But it was a purpose behind this, that through death he might destroy the one who has the power of death, that is the devil. Boom. It says it right there that the devil has the power of death. <laughs> In 35 years of ministry, I've done a lot of funerals. And I have seen people, when someone they love die, 
even though they don't want to, they blame God. That's why I don't like the term when they people say, God didn't make no mistake. You don't have to say that. God don't have the power of death. God has the power over death. I've seen people get mad with God when somebody die, but I am yet. Let me back up. I've seen people get so mad at God when somebody die, they leave the church. Some of them lose their faith, but I have yet seen anybody get mad with the devil and join the church. See, we got our focus wrong because we really don't understand who has the power of death. When God told Adam that the day you're going to die, he gave Satan the power of death. Hold on, there's hope. Verse 15. And deliver all those who through fear of death were subject to a lifelong slavery. The older I get, the more I recognize I'm getting closer to death. And we talked about the unexpected this morning in faith development. And having death not in your rearview mirror. But having it on your GPS going down the road. There's certain apprehension about dying. Verse 16. For surely it's not angels that he helped. He ain't come angels. But he helped the offspring of Abraham. That means humanity. Saying humanity to bodies of flesh and blood. The Lord Jesus took on a body of flesh and blood. This meant that Christ suffered and died to put away sin. Jesus became flesh by covering his outward display of his deity. Put on a robe of clay. But he didn't stop at Bethlehem. He went all the way to Calvary. That through death he would destroy the one who had the power of death. The devil. Now, even though Satan received a death wound at the cross, he is still active in opposing three things. God's plan, God's purpose, and God's people. And Satan knows that if he can get to God's people, he can detour God's plan, and he can delay God's purpose. Yeah, I know, I know, God's all power. See, a detour don't stop you reaching your destination. It just takes long to get there. That's why it's a detour. And he wants to delay God's purpose. Satan is a defeated foe, but he ain't surrendered. His strategy is still to kill, steal, and destroy. And his tactics are just as effective today as they were in the Garden of Eden. You see, God's people, you and I, still are disobedient. Even after we are saved and filled with the Holy Ghost. This is why we need a high priest. 
And as I tell, tell people often, especially in faith development, the one thing that Satan wants you to do is not to repent. He wants you to make excuses for your sin instead of admitting your sin and getting forgiven for it. Because, see, the high priest intercedes on behalf of sinners. So we need a high priest. Look at me at 2.17, because I'm going to bring out a point after we get this. Therefore, he had to be made like his brother in every respect. And I saw that, I said, goodness. And a song came to mind. I don't know how, but he did it. I mean, it says that in every respect, some of the things that go through my mind sometimes, I just don't want God to know. I know he knows. But the Bible says that in every respect, and then it explains why, so that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in the service of God to make propitiation for the sins of his people. This word propitiation, really, I want you to think of it as pardon. It really paints a picture of someone bringing a gift to appease somebody. Okay, husband. You know sometimes you don't displease your wife. It's amazing what a bouquet of flowers and a box of chocolate can do. Sometimes we just have to bring a meek and humble spirit an apology. But when we mess up, we want to make up. Baby, can I take you out to dinner? When you think about a pardon, it means that you are guilty. But a higher authority has said, that's okay, I'm going to release you. My daddy used to put it this way. I'm going to let you slide this time. Verse 18. For because he himself has suffered when tempted, he is able to help those who are being tempted. Don't know why, but I'm grateful. I don't understand it. Well, I'm glad it's there. You see, when we look at scriptural history of high priests, we'll find out that we were in serious trouble. I want to name three high priests for you. I want to start with the first one, Moses' brother, Aaron. You want to look at Exodus 28? Please do so. Here's Aaron, the man of God brother, is influenced by peer pressure. So the first point is peer influence. Moses up on the mountain communing with God. Aaron down there with the people. We don't know when your brother coming back. Make us some cast. We won't go back to Egypt. 
Aaron, don't you hear us? I imagine Aaron said, well, can we wait a couple more days? A couple more days passed. Your brother still ain't came back, Aaron. Oh, we. Aaron, okay, get, get the gold. I'll make it. He gave in to prayer pressure. Do you want a high priest who's going to go to God for you? But because you don't believe in what's trending, you, you, you don't accept same-sex marriages, you don't accept abortion, then he going to change his mind. He ain't going to God for you. Let me name another high priest for you. One by the name of Eli. Eli had two sons, Hopni and Phineas. But Eli had a problem with family influence. Somebody on the holler there. Here is two boys here prostituting themselves with the women, eating the best of it. Let me give you an idea how this thing was going. Here comes longer, here comes a young lady who sinned and want to offer a sacrifice to God. She looked good. Hobnai say, I'll, I'll, I'll go to God for you, but you got to come to my room. Finney asked, well, yeah. You mess up with that guy, you mess up with me too. And I'll forgive you of the sin. And here's Eli knowing what his son is doing, but because they're his boys, he turns a deaf eye. And we got parents today who allow their kids to live under the same roof with somebody that they ain't married to because we don't want them to say, I don't love my mama and my daddy. Live in the family influence. Got one more for you. New Testament. Caiaphas. A Sadducee who was influenced Y'all hear me now. Politically. Because every other black is a Democrat, I'm going to be a Democrat too. I don't care how he's living. I don't care what lifestyle he is. But that's the way I'm going to do. I ain't going to join this group or that group because you ain't on this particular committee. They start to call you Oreos. Some of y'all get where I'm coming from on that. I don't know about you, but I don't want Aaron and Eli or Caphas. Each of us can be thankful because Jesus is a faithful high priest. But hold up, hold up. Not only is Jesus a faithful high priest, Jesus is a great high priest. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 14 says, Since then we have a great high priest who has passed through the heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, 
Let us. Let who? Let who? Hold fast to our confession. More to come on that. Jesus, especially because his function is different. The word great means remarkable or out of the ordinary in degree, magnitude, and effect. But hold up. Not only is Jesus a faithful and great high priest, he's also an empathetic high priest. Hebrews 4, 15. For we do not have a high priest who's able to sympathize with our weakness, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are. I don't know why, but he did it. Yet without sin. And verse 16 said, let who? I can't hear you. Then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in the time of need. But hold up. Not only is Jesus a faithful, great, and empathetic high priest. Let me, let me stop right there. So make sure you understand why I use empathetic instead of sympathetic. Sympathetic means I feel sorry for you. Empathetic means I know what you're going through. See, some of us have lost loved ones, and we can feel sorry for that person who lost a loved one. But when we lose a loved one of the same magnitude, we can understand. I didn't know where it was when people were telling me they lost their mother I felt sorry for. But when I lost mine, now I know what you're saying. So Jesus entered the mainstream. He knows exactly what you're going through. So not only is Jesus a faithful, great, and empathetic high priest, he is also a sinless high priest. Hebrews chapter 5, verse 1. For every high priest chosen among men is appointed to act on behalf of men in relationship to God, to offer gifts and sacrifice of sin. He can deal gently with the ignorant and the wayward since he himself is beset by that witness. Let me break that down for you. He can deal with the ignorant and wayward because he's ignorant and wayward. You don't want nobody to try to intercede for you that ain't been where you are. When people think they're so high, that's why people be talking about, I want, I want you to pray for me. You better get somebody to pray for you to know what you're going through. Don't go to a millionaire when you're broke. That's what I'm saying. Get verse 3 now. Because of this, he's obligated to offer sacrifice for his own sins. Just as he does for those of the people. The high priest had to get himself right before he could even intercede. 
I hope y'all ain't counting on me. I have no problem with David Wilcoxon. But if you had to wait on me to do everything right, the high priest had to do everything right. He had to dress right, including his underwear had to be right. Y'all don't even know if I got on in there. And you going to count on me to intercede for you? I got sin in my life. And so did Aaron, Eli, and Caiaphas, and every other high priest. But not this one. Not only is Jesus a faithful, great, empathetic, and sinless high priest, he is also an eternal high priest. Chapter 7, verse 23. The former priests were many in numbers. Why were they many in numbers? Because they were prevented by death from continuing their office. But he holds his priesthood permanently because he continues forever. The priest died. Aaron, Eli, and Caiaphas died. I don't know how many of y'all are familiar with Catholicism of the Roman Catholic Church. But I want you to think about what happens when Pope dies. When Pope dies, they got to go and get all these cardinals who are eligible. They get together and they write the name of the cardinal they selected. They put it in a urine and they burn it. If there's a negative vote in there, the smoke turns dark. I remember a long time ago, I think I was in high school, where it took something like six months to get a pope because they couldn't agree. Pope dies. Now, this pope was, I don't forgot who he was, but he lived longer than, than any other pope at that time. And three months later, another pope died after he was elected. Can you imagine having this weight of sin on you and the man that you're going to go to to offer your sacrifice dies. And you're going to have to hold that sacrifice until you get another one. Let's say your sacrifice is a lamb, spotless. The man died. you got to keep that lamb spotless. Here's the lamb going everywhere. Getting in the mud. you got to find another lamb. Can you imagine the frustration? But this priest... He lives forever. Verse 25. Since Jesus' high priest ministry is faithful, great, empathetic, sinless, and eternal, there is no limit to his ability. Verse 25 said, consequently, he's able to say to the othermost, those who draw near to God through him. 
since he always lived to make intercession for them. The term uttermost means there's no act, no form of sin that's so bad that's beyond Jesus' saving grace. This being true, there's no post-salvation sin that he cannot intercede for. Don't get to the point that you think you've got it all together. Some way in, in these or thought, you mess up. He's able to intercede. But, 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 there is a requirement. The author of Hebrew lists 13 let us in his letter. Let us don't mean the pastor, the deacon, the teacher. It means let us. And he placed so much emphasis on this phrase, let us, to make a very important point. Look with me in Hebrews chapter 8, verse 1. Now the point in what we are saying is this. We have such a high priest, one who is seated at the right hand of the throne of majesty in heaven. A mercy in the holy place. In that tent that the Lord set up, not man. Here's the point. Since God has done so much by providing Jesus as a faithful, great, empathetic, sinless, eternal high priest, there should be a response of gratitude. So he writes in chapter 10. Start at verse 19. Therefore, in other words, since we have a great, faithful, and empathetic, sinless, eternal high priest, therefore, brother, since we have confidence to enter into the place by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way that he opened for us through the curtain that is through his flesh, and since we have a great high priest over the house of God, let who draw near with a true heart, full assurance of faith, with a heart sprinkled clean from an evil conscience of a body washed with pure water. Let who hold fast with the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. And let who Consider how to stir up one another to love and good works. Not neglecting to meet together as the habit of some, but encourage one another. And all the more as you see the day approaching. Here is the let us break down. Develop a true heart of faithful service. Live a moral lifestyle. Be an unshamed witness. Have an uncompromising testimony. Meditate on encouraging our brothers and sisters to follow our example. 
fellowship also with other believers. And lastly, have the mindset that Jesus could come back at any moment. Stand to your feet. In a moment, we are going to have communion. When the veil is raised, I want you to think about this is the flesh of Jesus. And when we tear it apart, I want you to think of his crucifixion that allowed us to enter into the holies of holies. Not counting on Aaron, not counting on Eli, not counting on Caiaphas, not counting on Dave Wilcoxon, but only counting on our faithful high priest. And with that in mind, some of us really need to think about our life and recognize that Jesus is sitting right there on the right hand of God waiting on you. Thanks for listening. We pray that you have been blessed by the message. Visit us on the web at npgbc.org for contact information, service times, or directions to our place of worship.